against the paint. Uh, I mean, he was fuming. And, and you can't blame him. I'd be fuming too. Bring back corporal punishment. But why do we, why do we cringe over scraped paint? It's, it's just paint. Well, it's because the car, I mean, in our hearts, has now become tainted. It's unnew. It's a rust entry point. And, and now we, we have an introduction to degradation through that. And, and so I think most of us can relate enough to the pain of degradation of our treasures. Uh, we might have stocks, cars, houses, superannuation, uh, any item of any hobby, y- you, we invest in it and it's new and it's ours and we care for it and, and in our hearts it's got this special place with this deep-seated attachment and we want it to last, to keep working, to keep providing, to keep looking good, to keep making us look good. But then we all experience that in some way, sin ruins it. Or all people ruin it. Or an accident ruins it. In some way, sin ruins the perfection that we were protecting. And what goes, what goes on there? Our, our hearts go wall. Frustration, anger, pain, stress. Worry, arguments, abuse. And I think it's partly to rescue us from those sorts of emotions that Jesus says this morning, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Uh, We we might need some clarification there. What what is Jesus saying? Or more importantly, what what is he not saying? Uh, Is... Is Jesus saying we can't own a caravan? Am I not supposed to have a share portfolio? Or buy the newest car? Or save for tomorrow? Are Christians meant to avoid owning a house? I'm going to leave those questions there, and we'll come back to them by the end. But if we notice in the passage this morning, Jesus gives us three pretty neat little paragraphs to say why we need to fix our hearts on something greater than earthly treasures. Christian, fix your hearts on someone greater than earthly treasures. And he tells us why to do so. Because earthly treasure can disappear, earthly treasure can darken, and earthly treasure can dominate. Let's look at them. Firstly, earthly stuff can disappear. Uh, Read verse 19 again. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Earthly stuff disappears doesn't it? It it, it goes eventually. You buy a pair of rollerblades and they wear out. Or new clothes, lose colour. Cars, rust. 
Engines fail. Dreamy husbands put on weight. Stocks fall. House prices drop. Kitchens date. It all goes eventually. And, and, and we've got all sorts of stuff to try and tackle uh, moth and rust and thieves. And yet the blimey mongrels still manage to get in. Termites devour, rust eats, concrete cracks, timber rots, weather degrades, insects infest, thieves break in and steal. It all disappears. Earthly treasures have a habit of disintegrating in some way, uh, to which we might reply, well, that's actually okay, because when that goes, I'll just get another one. And so then Jesus points out the next problem. The problem is not just that earthly stuff is temporary, but that earthly treasures have the ability to darken something inside our, our hearts. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our hearts go for something they were not created to go for. Our obsession over the physical does something to the spiritual. That, that is, earthly treasures darken us. Like when you put your hope in the magpies. <laughs> oh, had to put it in there. <laughs> Jesus changes the imagery from the heart yearning to the eyes seeing. Uh, w- watch what he does there. Uh, it's, it's the the unfelt, unhelpful yearning of the heart, he changes the, the, the imagery to the feasting of the eyes. Uh, read there in verse 22 to 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Uh, Here's what Jesus means. If your eyes work, you can do stuff. Uh, Because light governs all the things that we do. Uh, Good eyes use light to do stuff. You know, you can drive. You can swing a golf club. You can catch a crayfish, make a cuppa, cook a croquette. But if your eyes don't work, in other words, if you're blind, well, things get tough. And in the same way, what the eyes feast on affects the body. If there's light, you do good. If there's darkness, then the whole body will be darkness. What we see affects the heart. Uh, We should know what that's like. You know when you you see something, and and, uh, I don't know what you like, but your, your heart goes... Whoa, that, that's beautiful. That's majestic. It, it's, it's grand. It's delicious. It's sweet. Whatever. You might see beaches or waves or, or paintings or, or perfectly manicured grass, uh, babies, trees, concrete, timber, artwork, your wife. Our, our eyes feast on things. And then our heart responds. Because what we feast on doesn't just end at our eyes. Uh, This can be good for light or dark. So this can be good or bad 
for light or dark, for worship or idolatry. For example, worship, uh, uh, Psalmist said this, Psalm 119, Open my eyes that I might behold the wondrous things of your law. I mean, that's just letters on a page. But, but our hearts respond because we, we, we see God. Uh, back home we sing a song, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Uh, I want my eyes to behold your glory so my heart sings of your glory. But then our eyes can also make us sing for sin, can't it? Uh, both before and after I've been married, uh, I've had times where I've been very guilty of viewing another woman who was not my wife. Uh, I was guilty of her being the apple of my eye. Uh, that is, the sight of her was far more than just visual. It was like everything in my, my heart and my body changed. Uh, lust doesn't end at your eyes, at my eyes. It, lots of other areas of my life were completely in shambles because of it. Uh, common sense failed and, and godliness goes out the window. And, and I, I can see that in why, why Jesus said in verse three, uh, 23, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Yeah, earthly treasures have the p- high potential to darken our hearts. Have you had an earthly treasure darken you? Is it darkening you now? Uh, it might be a person. It might be a car or a boat, an investment, a share portfolio, a bank balance, or, or an o- just any object that you wanted. Uh, you, might, you might know that in those moments, godly ambition fails. Uh, and what takes over? Uh, lust or greed, or pride, or, or, or prestige. A go- godly ambition can be darkened by earthly treasure. Uh, let me just give one more illustration of this. Uh, it took me a year to build... You can't really see that. There's a pizza oven in there. Uh, it took me a year to build this pizza oven, mostly because I'm a cheapskate, and I built it out of 90% rubbish. Uh, but so Because I had to find all the stuff in bins... Uh, it's legit. <laughs> yeah, uh, it took me a long, long time, and I had a long time to think of it, and and it was so much fun. Like I mean, I loved it. But but here's a statistic that isn't fun. The year I I built it, um, I thought and worked about, I thought, uh, hang on, I thought about and worked on this pizza oven three or four times more than I prayed and read the Bible that year. That's without a doubt. I mean, if God was looking on there and he said, Craig, where was your treasure in 2014 or 15? It wasn't God. Uh, In 10 years, this thing is going to be as old as the hills. In 20 years, it'll be a landfill. And and yet God abides forever. Uh, Now, the point is definitely not, thou shalt not build pizza ovens. 
I actually think the opposite. I wish more people would come to the place in their life where they're willing to commit to a pizza oven. Uh, the church will thank you for it. But, but what I can't recommend is spending a whole year or a whole decade or, friends, a whole lifetime where our Father in Heaven is just a mere side dish on a grand table otherwise filled with earthly mains. 1 Timothy 6 verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant and not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. All things are good because they're made to be good, or generally. All things are good because they're made to be good, but, but not if we use them in a way that's opposite to what's in the user manual. And especially not if we treasure that more than, more than our Father in heaven. Uh, let's not be fooled, friends. God will not share his place with anyone or anything, and nor should he. Earthly treasure disappears, earthly treasure darkens, and earthly treasure dominates. Uh, let's read verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Uh, we cannot serve both God and money. Uh, that would be like putting a foot in two dinghies and standing with a foot, yeah, standing with a foot in each one. And as time goes, they drift apart. And, and in trying to keep a foot in both... You lose both. Think of the difference between God and money. They, they drift in opposite directions. Uh, God says, do not be anxious about tomorrow, what you will eat and what you will wear. Money says, hoard me for a rainy day, lest you be stranded. Uh, God says, you don't need to set your affections on earthly things. Money says, spend me and live better. God says, remember the poor, the orphan, the, window, the widow. Money says, remember you've got a mortgage. And there's a holiday you deserve. God says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all your needs I will provide. Money says, have me and your tomorrow will be secure. It's physically impossible to serve both God and money because they drift in opposite directions. They're stark opposites. When our hearts treasure money, we will hate it when God says things like, remember the poor, remember the widow, remember the orphan, support my church, consider others, bear one another's burdens. Friends, when our Lord Jesus says, do not... Do not lay up treasures on earth. It's because he knows what they what it does to us. I mean, that's a good command. It, he, Jesus is not a wet blanket. Uh, he is too loving to let us waste our life down that rabbit hole. Be, because treasures disappear and we fret. Uh, they they darken our hearts. They dominate our life in 
in ways that put our actions in opposition to the Creator. Is any created thing worth that? Our Saviour is looking out for us again. And He calls us to someone far greater, incomparable, unchanging, eternal. That's our Heavenly Father. Jesus knows more than anyone what it is like to abandon comforts for the sake of obedience. Uh, Philippians 2, remember this verse. He did not consider equality with God something to be held onto, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant and being found in likeness of a man, he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place that at his name we will one day bow and confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus was tempted with earthly delights, but he laid up his treasure in heaven. Fix our hearts on the one greater than earthly treasures. God the Father, creator, sustainer, provider, saviour. Uh, this will be my last point. Uh, lay up treasures in heaven. Jesus says to do it. Are we doing it? Uh, up to a, a point, friends, the text is plain. I mean, w- we know what it means. Lay, lay not up your treasures on earth. Uh, in other words, we can live with a view to, to valuing things on earth, accumulating things on earth or have a mind that wants to accumulate things in heaven. Uh, Jesus seems to say here that the Christian that that has his heart set on heaven measures his behavior by what effect he'll have in heavenly terms, not not earthly stuff. Uh, I asked a question before and left it hanging. Uh, Can we buy boats? Can we buy caravans? Can we go on holidays? Can we have stocks? Can we have bigger houses? And the answer is, I don't have an answer. Because that's between God and you. God calls different people to different things. But he calls us all to righteousness and love for him. So whatever you're doing, whatever I'm doing, we've got to make sure it's obedience. And that's going to look different for different people. It's not for someone else to determine it. God does not forbid ownership, but he does rebuke his children who are rich towards themselves and not others. And, and let's take that as a warning. Uh, rebukes his children who are rich towards themselves and not him in his kingdom, therefore others. Uh, so I'll say this, because I think I've got enough Bible backing for it. Uh, if you or I are not rich towards God... We need rescuing. And, and the Lord Jesus gives us his words for rescue this morning. You know, we, don't, we don't give to get into heaven. We know the Lord Jesus has paid for everything. And so he's talking to his disciples now. Uh, as a disciple, are you rich towards God? Uh, if not, you may need to have a talk with God and make some changes. Uh, If the needs of our local church, uh, are they being met by us? 
Uh, is the needs of our local church on, the, on our agenda each week? If not, uh, there, there may be something wrong and we need to have a talk with God about it and make some changes. Uh, friends, all of your income, is it spent on your family alone or, or is it spent on God's kingdom as well? We've got lots of things which, which need it. Mortgages, schooling, uh, and just fun in general. But, but our income was given to us. And we can, we can show God that, that our treasure is in Him by supporting the church. Our friends, we don't give to earn heaven. Uh, Jesus already reserved it for us. The salvation is not lost if we buy a caravan or a house, or a boat, or a holiday. Uh, but where our finances go will, to some extent, show where our treasure is at. You, can you look at your finances in, with, from a bird's eye view? And can you see a clear slice of the pie being investing in God's kingdom? Uh, friends, you're part of a church. Uh, this church and all its weekly activities and services need your ongoing support, whether money, whether time, whether sacrifice, whether service. Uh, by being united in Christ, united to Him, and living and growing in godliness, growing in love, these are ways of, of storing up treasure in heaven, serving God and His church. Uh, what we do for God in this life cannot be bur burgled in heaven. Uh, rust will not get to it. No insurance policy is necessary. It, it's indestructible. And if any of us are after a safe, long-term return on investment, let's set our hearts on God the Father. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, uh, you know all our, all our hearts. You know how they jump from, uh, from item to item, uh, from hope to hope, from investment to investment. Uh, we set our things on far less, created things rather than you, our creator. Uh, but Lord God, we, you gave us your son and he spoke words of, of life, life and truth. Would you allow us uh, to, to listen to our Lord Jesus, to trust him and to, to lay up treasures in heaven rather than a view of accumulating treasure on earth? Uh, Father, would you not allow the devil to condemn any of us, uh, but would you allow your Holy Spirit to convict us this morning? Uh, give us a greater sense of your glory and your majesty. Uh, Lord, would you stand forth uh, be above our treasures on earth. And Lord, show, show us how good you are, how great you are, how majestic you are, how merciful you are, so that we would glorify you uh, by having our hearts set on you. In whatever way we need it, in, it, in whatever way we each need it this morning, would you guide us towards that, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.